This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Ren, I was thinking, do you own any of the massive companies in the US? No, nah, mate, none of them. Yeah, why is that? Too expensive. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway goes for like $290,000 a share. Amazon is like $1,500 for one share. Hell, I can't even afford Netflix at 300 bucks a share. Yeah, well, instead of waiting around for a pay rise, there's no need for that anymore because our friends over at Stake, they've solved this problem for you. Really? Tell me more. So, Stake is the simplest way to trade US shares. It's a new Australian company that's just started up and they give you access to over 3,000 stocks and ETFs over in the US and they offer you $0 brokerage. You can also buy partial shares, meaning, Ren, that you can finally buy $100 worth of Amazon if you really want to. And you know what the best part is? What's the best part? Now, we've teamed up with Stake over here at Equity Mates. That's you and me, Ren. Yeah. And we're giving our listeners the ability to sign up with Stake and get $25 in their account to get them started. So, if they head to equitymates.com forward slash Stake, S-T-A-K-E, sign up and fund their account, Stake's going to swing them 25 bucks into their trading account to get them on their way. So, that's free brokerage. The ability to buy partial shares, so you don't have to spend fifteen hundred bucks on an Amazon share. You can buy a hundred dollars worth if you st- if you really wanted to, and twenty five bucks to get you going, mate. You're almost halfway there to a Berkshire Shire Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> Berkshire Shire Hathaway, <laughs> mate. With that free twenty five bucks, I could get zero point oh one percent of a Berkshire share for free. I mean, it's a it's an it's a win win situation, really. You know what? I reckon if I held that 0.01% of a Berkshire share for like 80 years, I'd be set for life. I'd retire in luxury. Well, get started. Yeah, I'm going to right now. Equitymates.com forward slash stake. Stake, S-T-A-K-E. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Renaman. How are you going, bro? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Very well. I've uh, poured myself a glass of red wine for this one. It's a Thursday, so it's that time of week. Mate, living large. 
recording a podcast while drinking wine. Yeah, let's get stuck in. So we've got something a bit different this week. Um, you know, we do often talk about some of the favorite stocks we like watching, but this week we are going to think like Buffett. And the reason I say we're going to be thinking like Buffett is because I'm reading a book at the moment by Mary Buffett, who is his daughter-in-law, if I'm not wrong. And she's written a book called Buffettology, which you have read and, and you've done a review on online. So any, everyone should check it out. It's a really good book, really easy to read. And it gives you a great insight into the way Buffett thinks about his investments. And towards the start of the book, Mary gives us a list of nine questions that from a surface level you can use to determine if a company is a fantastic company, as Buffett would like to say, a company worth investing in. So what we're going to do today, Ren, is we've both chosen a stock each and we are going to answer the first four questions of um, this list that Mary has provided. So you've chosen one company, I've chosen another, and we will see who has chosen the best company based on the answers of these questions. So We should say, though, we're not just skipping the final five questions. We'll be doing that in the next episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, this is going to carry out over a couple because there's a lot of content in here that is yeah. definitely worth um, going through properly. So let's get stuck in. Do you want to start, Ren? Yeah, so the company that I've chosen is ResMed, ASX code RMD, also okay. traded in America, same uh, code on the New York Stock Exchange, Current, currently trading at a little over 13 bucks. ResMed make sleep apnea masks. They're the market leader in that field. They're basically for people who don't sleep very well. They're these masks, um, CPAP masks that basically force air into your, your lungs, I guess and they help people sleep. Very successful company, a little bit of a market darling. Was the market leader in this, but now they, uh, other companies are doing similar things. All right, so you've gone with ResMed in the medical, I guess in the medical space. Yeah, and... medical devices. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Medical devices. Okay. And I've gone with a company called Boral, ASX code BLD. And it's actually called Boral Limited, and it's an international building and construction materials company. So they're headed up in Sydney, uh, and their core businesses, they've got sort of four, three or four main elements to their business. So they've got cement and construction materials, which is predominantly in Australia. They've got plasterboard in Australia and Asia, and bricks and roof tiles in Australia and the US. So 
they've got a couple of big markets on their books, US and Asia, and they're quite diversified and, and span a lot of the construction industry. Currently trading at about $6.60, I think. All right, question number one that Buffett asks himself is, does the business have an identifiable consumer monopoly? So, I mean, a monopoly is, you know, a, a one. So they, they dominate. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best description I've heard of them. <laughs> But let's let's just clarify what he means by consumer monopoly. And he has given a question that he asks himself. And if the answer is no, then he moves on. So he says, if he had access to billions of dollars, which he does, and his pick of the top 50 managers in the country, which he probably also does, could he start a business and successfully compete with the business in question? Now, the reason he's asking that is because what he's saying is, is the brand so strong for this company that regardless of if another company came along and threw everything that they have at it, uh, it would fail because consumers are so entrenched in the brand of this company. Would you agree, Ren? Yeah, that's a good description. Maybe as an example, you know, Coca-Cola is a consumer monopoly. You know, people try to knock off the product, but the brand is really strong. Yeah, they throw everything at uh, cola-flavored soft drinks, and Coca-Cola for many years has remained the number one. Same with Apple, Nike. These are all consumer monopolies because of the strength of their brand. Yeah, and then, you know, another type of monopoly might be Facebook because, I mean, the brand's strong, but there's also, like, a network effect that leads to a monopoly. So there are different kinds of monopolies, but here I think we're talking mainly about the brand. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Is, Is the brand of our company enough to ensure that it remains number one despite everyone throwing the kitchen sink at it. So your answer, Ren, for ResMed? So ResMed is an interesting one. If you asked uh, a little while ago, yes, because uh, it was it, well, it still is the market leader and the recognized name in the field, and it does have some patent protection. So because it sort of led the way on this, it patented a lot of its machines. The issue yeah. is that more and more people, other device makers are making similar machines, and there's a lot of fights over patents and stuff. But I'm going to give ResMed a slight pass on this one just because they are still the market leader and they are still the dominant player in this field. So, slight yes for question one. Slight yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not con- not overwhelmingly convinced that it uh, no. would be able to withstand someone throwing billions of dollars at it and stay in business. Well, people are throwing billions of dollars at it, including like Fisher & Paykel, which I found out was... New- I found out Fisher & Paykel is a New Zealand company. Did you know oh, wow. That? Yeah, didn't Did know not that. Know. Um, so, you know, like big device makers are making knockoff machines, similar machines. So people are throwing the kitchen sink at it, but it is still a very strong company with a very identifiable brand. Nice. So in that field, obviously. Slight. So I'm going to okay. say slight yes. Okay, that's good. Well, mine, Worrell, is uh, certainly not an overwhelming yes either. Um, there are a number of competitors that compete in the space that Boral is. The reason that it's not a resounding yes is because whilst Boral has a number of uh, core aspects to its business, there are also main players who solely focus on the core parts of their business. So they have to compete not only with the likes of James Hardy and Brighton, for example, and Fletcher Building and those sorts of big companies that are almost equally as large as these ones, but there's smaller businesses that uh, are main players in, say, brick and roof tiling and they specialize in that alone so yes Boral is a billion multi-billion dollar company and spans around the world but they certainly aren't the go-to brand for every single one of its core elements so i'm the same as you ren slight yes interesting 
Would I, you? I would have. I would have thought that Borel's materials were pretty commodity products. You know, like all commodity products. Yeah. Yeah, like you would if you chose Borel or a different materials supply, it would basically be based on price. I would say the only reason it's a slight yes is because it's a well-known brand in in the industry and one of the bigger companies, so it would probably not the first to die if someone threw the kitchen sink at the industry. Fair enough. All right, well, let's move on to question two. So question two is, are the earnings of the company strong and showing an upward trend? When we discuss earnings here, Warren likes to look at earnings per share, not total earnings or total revenue or anything like that. So he breaks it down to uh, what your individual share is earning. So how does uh, ResMed compare with this one, Ren? Yeah, so on an earnings per share uh, basis, over the last five years, the earnings have been $0.22 cents a share, $0.26 cents a share, $0.32 cents a share, $0.34 cents a share, and then back to $0.32 cents a share. Okay. So, pretty solid. Um, so, but- solid earnings per share, but what's the growth on that? So, between between $0.22 cents five years ago yeah. to $0.34 cents a year ago, and then back to $0.32 cents this year. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it almost, it was a little bit less than a third in four years, like 33% growth in four years. Actually, no, it was 33% growth in four years. And then it came back a little bit today, uh, this year. All right. So, would you give that a pass? Yeah, I would because, you know, things don't grow linearly. There will be times where, you know, things revert a little bit before growing upwards again. So, uh, I think last year was a little bit of a reversion. I think ResMed will benefit a lot from the Trump tax cuts um, and growth in the overall market uh, as more doctors identify sleep apnea as something in their patients. So, yeah. We've got a trend. Nice. All right. Well, earnings per share for Boral, obviously, as in Australia particularly, we've been going through a bit of a construction boom of late, uh, particularly in the housing market. So, in 2015, we had earnings per share of $0.28, cents. 2016, 36.7, then 34.5, 33.4, back up to 36, and now we're at 41.13. So we had through two years there of growth, then we ducked down a bit for a couple of years, and then for the last three years, we've been on an upward trend. So trending-wise, we've gone from 20, 28 cents to 41 cents, so I would certainly say that's an upward trend. Um, and, but likewise, to like you know, same as ResMed, there's been a, a few ups and downs in the middle. I guess if we were Buffett, he would certainly go back maybe 20 years and have a look at this over a much extended period. Yeah, definitely. Um, but for this example, we've just gone back over five years and I think we're both going to give ours a yes. Yep. Let's, okay. uh, let's move it on to question three. Question three is, is the company conservatively financed? So obviously what Buffett is looking at here is the level of debt for the company. And when he's saying conservatively, of course, he has an understanding that, yes, there's going to be some level of debt, but uh, what proportion of debt to equity is there and is it used in an appropriate way? So, Ren, where does ResMed stand? I think for this one, Buffett gives an example, uh, his uh, explanation for this or example for this is that uh, the long-term debt is less than one times your current net earnings. So for ResMed, uh, they have about a billion dollars in debt and yep. $900 million in cash on their balance sheet. Nice. So net, uh, they don't actually have that much debt, but if we're just looking at debt and we're not looking at cash, then they have about a billion dollars. If you compare the earnings per share, which I talked about before, to debt per share, yep. um, it was basically in line five, four, three years ago. 
but then it has just ballooned out over the last two years. Um, and then this year, so most recently, their earnings per share was $0.32 cents a share. Their debt per share is a dollar per share. So uh, okay. their debt per share is about three times their earnings per share. Sorry. Yeah, three Yeah, three times. But as I said, they've got that $900 million cash on the balance sheet. Nice. So you would give that a pass? Oh, uh, Maybe. I think the reason they have $900 million in cash on the balance sheet is because, similar to Apple, a lot of it was parked offshore and they couldn't repatriate it to America. Uh-huh. Now that they're repatriating it, I don't think they're going to use it to pay down the debt. Um, I know they have, they have a factory somewhere in America. I can't remember what state it's in, but I think they're going to finish building that and stuff like that. So I'm probably going to give them a no on this one, to be honest. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. So Boral... In terms of revenue, $4.2 billion in 2017. Their long-term debt is $2.1 billion, so they certainly fall into Buffett's uh, less than one times uh, net income. Uh, however, their long-term debt has drastically increased over the last year by almost $1.2 billion, and they have uh, their balance sheet cash position has dropped from 450 million to 230 million since 2000 between 2016 and 2017 the reason being for that though is that they made a large acquisition in may last year uh, acquiring headwaters incorporation which was a building products manufacturer and fly ash marketer in north america don't ask me what a fly ash marketer is though so i'm not, I'm not sure so they buy burn heaps of flies and then there's just fly ash you never know it could, be. could anyway, be let's not get bogged down <laughs> on this rabbit hole <laughs> so i would say that it might uh, not look as pretty if you're looking at the numbers based on previous years you'd be thinking what's going on why have they ballooned in debt but the reason is they've made this acquisition and so for that reason i'm giving it a slight pass they certainly have enough uh revenue to cover all their sort of interest payments and that sort of stuff and long-term debt is well under the one times net revenue so uh, that's a pass for me nice one all right so uh last question that we're going to ask in this episode is does the business consistently earn high rates of return on shareholders equity yes so what does that Uh, mean okay so shareholders equity is total assets minus uh, companies total liabilities and then that's going to give you your uh, shareholders equity and then we will have a look at the return on that over a period of time it's essentially i can give an example quick example it's like the equity in a house so say you bought a house as a rental property and you paid 200 grand uh, to close the deal you invested 50,000 of your own money and borrowed 150,000 uh, the 50,000 you invested in the house is your equity in the property. And then if you rent it out for, say, 5,000 a year, um, then that is going to be a 10% return on your equity. So that's your shareholder's equity. Nice. Good description. Uh, so shareholder's equity for uh, ResMed Ren. Couldn't tell you what the shareholder's equity is. Can just tell uh, you what the return on equity is. Sorry, return <laughs> on equity. <laughs> so last five years, uh, 19%. Percent, twenty percent, twenty-three percent, twenty-one percent, eighteen percent. I haven't actually gone to the right. trouble of averaging them out, but you're looking at probably a scratch over twenty percent. Wow! So yeah. the average American corporation over the last forty years has been approximately twelve percent. So you're well above average, and Buffett himself has a pass mark of fifteen percent or above. So that's a strong yes for yeah, ResMed. Yeah, strong yes. Also strong yes on return on assets, but I don't know if we want to get into that. Not this episode, okay. but we can talk about it later. 
Wow, so that's great. So that puts Boral to shame. So I went back as far as 2009, and there is only one instance in, since 2009 that we went over a return on equity of 7%. So 2000, wow. yeah, to the, the last five years, we've had 3.4, 3.8, 6.7, 8.4, 6.5. So uh, that would definitely not pass Warren Buffett's mark of 15%. Yeah. And I mean, look, that's something you see with big companies in competitive markets, you know, like your return on equity does diminish uh, as prices get forced down with competition. And, you know, as we were saying, borrow like, it competes on price in a lot of these things, so you would you wouldn't expect super high rates of return on equity for a company like Boral. Mm, agreed. So, Ren, I know we probably smashed over the fifteen minutes here, but it, it was worth doing for this episode because there was some important stuff to go over. I want to just do quickly two things. The first being that uh, you did do a review on this book, and it's on our website and well worth checking out. Secondly, well, this would be three things actually. Secondly, that those four questions, um, you don't have to be a genius to. Answer. So I want to know, Ren, just very quickly, where did you look for information for this sort of stuff? Because it's all very easily available, isn't it? It is. There's a website that I signed up for a free trial with. It's called Guru Focus, and it just has like it's a stock screen, a whole lot of stats. You have to pay for it, but I just signed up for a free trial to get some of the stats and look at some companies. So yeah, Guru Focus was where I got it. Nice, and that was it. Yeah, it's got it had all the information I needed. Perfect. Well, I didn't even know that existed. So that's um, something I learned, which is great. So I used a couple. I did Yahoo Finance um, to get the basics. And then if you're a university student out there, you will probably get access to Morningstar Finance. I know a lot of the bigger universities in Australia give it access to to you. So um, check with the university. So that's, that's a wrap, Ren. We'll jump into the next five questions next episode. Nice one. Hello, mates of Equity Mates. Or I guess that just makes you Equity Mates. Anyway, it's Bryce here. One of the most frequently asked questions we get is, where do we find information about all these stocks and and where's a good place to start? Now, we could do a whole episode on this and we often do touch on it, but the best place to start is by signing up to our Thought Starters weekly email. Each week, we send you some cool stuff that has caught our eye during the week, as well as some more detailed articles on stocks and invested relating content. We also include Basics 101. These are articles tailored specifically for beginners to really propel you on your way. We don't spam you. I mean, we hate spam. It's once a week and there's enough stuff in there to occupy you for a full day of browsing at work. Now, Ren puts a lot of effort into finding quality articles for you guys. So if anything, just sign up so he feels the love. Head to equitymates.com and chuck in your email at the bottom of the page. Equitymates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation.